You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with a great friend of the program, Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, my co-host on NFL First and Goal. Join us this Sunday, every Sunday on TuneIn Premium, 1 p.m. Eastern. We kick off seven hours, commercial-free, live listen-ins across our league. Nick, before we look ahead, let's go back to last night. We've talked a lot about Houston prior to you joining us, so I want your thoughts on Cincinnati. First team since the 1939 Eagles with no touchdowns in back-to-back home games to start the season. Is it time to make the move away from Andy Dalton, A.J. McCarron? You know, uh, guys, thanks for having me. Uh, B. Well, when we did our show uh, last Sunday to kick off the first week, as we wrapped up, that was one of the things that I definitely talked about. Uh, even though that was in week one, at, at some point, you have to break that glass and go to A.J. McCarron. Last year, we saw A.J. McCarron come in and perform well when Andy Dalton went out in the Pittsburgh game with a wrist injury. So to me, it's time to make that move. We've seen up to this point what Andy Dalton can do. And to steal a quote from one of my former head coaches, Bill Parcells, he is who he is at this particular point. He's not going to change. So you might as well try to win some games. And I know in Cincinnati the whole big thing is, you know, Marvin Lewis has the longest tenure. Uh, He's taken his team to the playoffs. Uh, He's made them somewhat relevant, but he's made them relevant at being irrelevant. So to save his job, because his job is on the line, I know it is too early in the season to say week two going in, you know, here's the coaches on the hot seat. But, you know, Marvin Lewis is on the hot seat. Why not go to A.J. McCarron? You can always go back to Andy Dalton, but it was a disappointing you know, performance you know, in front of your home crowd, and you want them to come out, buy your tickets, support the team, and you're not performing up to par. That's very difficult. Well, I don't think it's too early, Nick, to be honest, because to, to not win a playoff game and then not go uh, to the postseason uh, last year and then start the year off this way, I think you're right on point when it comes down to talking about maybe making some changes to create that spark. But let's go down uh, to the southern part of the country, over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where you and Brian Weber, you didn't know for sure if you were in with the Jaguars. You don't know for sure if you're out with the Jaguars. But with watching what we saw last weekend uh, when it came down to a defense that was unbelievably good. Yannick Ngakwe being a part of the sacks along with Calais Campbell getting three and a half sacks in the first half. Uh, the kid that I I chose to say who's going to be the rookie of the year and, and, and Leonard Fournette who made a, a statement that made me you know, stretch my eyes just a little bit by saying that the, the defenses of the National Football League aren't as tough as the ones in the SEC. Well, I mean, the way he ran against the Houston Texans kind of made you feel that way. Give me a take on the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they did, and can they continue this trend uh, with the style of physical football they played? Well, to start off, I think, you know, Brian Weber and myself have been telling you about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, here you go. Here you go. For years. We were just ahead of the curve with the announcement. Y'all so scary. Y'all both are about the scariest guys I've ever met in my life. Here's what I said. I said, well, I wasn't going out – on the limb to say we're talking Super Bowl in 2017, but I did say that this team would be uh, competitive. You look at what they did on defense, and you just at you know name you know several players. And in this league, you know you come from a team in Pittsburgh where they did two things well: they ran the ball and they played good defense. It seemed as though that is what 
you know, Tom Coughlin, you know, as they started to piece this team together, that is what they decided to do. Leonard Fournette, I mean, a bruising runner, and that's what they drafted him for, to be that type of linchpin for their offense and create that balance, something that they didn't have before, and we're knowing as though Blake Bortles isn't the guy. So they did a great job with the game plan, taking the game out of his hands, playing to his defense, let Fournette grind out the clock and shorten the game and let his defense go out there and eat and make plays. Now, if this defense, and I have to say this, the defense that you see in Jacksonville, that's similar to what they play in San Francisco, similar to what they play out here in Los Angeles with the Chargers and what they play in Seattle. So we've seen, you know, this defense before. We've seen it, seen it win. The difference is the personnel is a little different. But going out there against a Houston Texans team, you know, nine sacks, I believe, and four turnovers, that builds optimism for Jacksonville that they can go in and they can beat anyone week in and week out. So, you know, they have a, a tough matchup, you know, this week. But if they continue to play like this, now maybe week eight, week nine, now we're saying, well, this team is for real and maybe they can win the South. And they may have Cordell Stewart dancing to a different tune come week eight. Well, let me, let me make you guys understand something here. I think I was the first of you three. You three. I say you, Brian Weber, and that's Weber with two Bs. That's two people, and yeah. then yourself, Nick. <laughs> Mentioning when Tom when when Tom Coughlin came into Jacksonville and I saw them grab Leonard Fournette, I jumped on saying that he's going to change the complexity of how this team is perceived from the outside looking in, which was going back to the old ways of playing. Natron mean business, Fred Taylor and how he ran the football and to see it come to fruition. Now, I didn't talk about the defense on the level in which they played uh, this past weekend because that was, I mean, as of right now today, they are the most physical team the way they played offensively and defensively in the AFC South. Now, of course, it is just week one, but you can be a prisoner of the moment for a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars for now because we haven't seen this in a very long time. So hats off to those teams. I hope you two have a tendency to learn to stick to your guns and believe in what you choose. But just remember, don't get too excited because it is just week one. Go ahead, Brian. So basically you're saying you you were on board once Coughlin took Leonard Fournette, right? But be prepared because you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh, no, not at all. No, I was just being, from from an analytical standpoint, I was just doing my job. I was just doing coverage. You know, you go to a draft, the kid comes in as the top pick for this team very early in the draft. You have a defense that have some pieces in place that we did talk about. Jalen Ramsey, we go Malik Jackson, we can go on and on with a few players. But nothing to the magnitude in which we saw where Calais Campbell came out of nowhere, literally. Uh, What is Yannick Ngakwe? He came out of nowhere. Knew he was a good player. But to put it all together, to put it all together, it was phenomenal. But most importantly, the best thing I saw that was everything of Tom Coughlin was that running game. And guess what? Blaine Gabbert. He did not necessarily screw it up. Blake Bortles. Played, excuse Blake me, Bortles. Blake. I, I get They're him the same confused. guy. I know. The same guy. They always – he came out – Yeah, he's oh, – same. there he is. Same guy. Brian must have told you about that. And so this guy, he came out, he gave you, what, 11 of 20, 125 yards in a TD. At the end of the day, you know what? Great win for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And kudos to you two for actually buying into the Jacksonville way a long time ago before Tom Coughlin came in. Now, my question is and my challenge to you both – because you like to spend seven hours together on Sunday nights. 
How much are you buying into them now moving forward to win the division and get into the postseason? Let's get brave now. Don't get scared. Okay. Let's go. And for the answer to that question, you have to join us on TuneIn Premium. Yeah. It's NFL First and Goal. We kick off 1 p.m. Eastern time. He's Nick Ferguson. You like that dodge? He's, I'm Brian he's really, Weber. He's really not that good, by the way. You know that right, Nick. He's not that good. Alluding the man, yes, alluding the man they call Slash, Cordell Stewart. Fellas, we're talking way too much Jacksonville football. I want to keep this job. Nick, as a defensive player, I'm sure you like swagger and bravado, but what about the notion of bulletin board material? Do you see this quote from L.A. Charger linebacker Melvin Ingram asked about what challenges, what problems Jay Cutler could present heading into Sunday's game. Ingram said, quote, none. Well, you know what? You can call it bulletin board material, but there's a little truth to uh, what he said in that statement. I mean, you go back and you look at, you know, Cutler over his history with the Chicago Bears, and you can even say, well, with Adam Gase, uh, you know, he was able to keep his numbers down as far as his interceptions. But, you know, we all know this. We are creatures of habits. You are who you are. And this, we're still talking about the same Jay Cutler who said that his wife had to nudge him along to take this job and come out of the booth and become the new quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. You know, in preseason, Jay Cutler looked okay, but that was a small sample size. If you look at his body of work, you know, we've seen that he is, you know, a turnover machine. and It's multiple turnovers, but for him, he happens to be surrounded by a guy named, you know, Jay Ajayi, you know, Landry, I think it's Landry Jones, um, but... Jarvis Landry, players. Jarvis Landry in Miami. Jarvis Landry, thanks for the correction. Jarvis Landry. So there, there's a lot of weapons around Jay Cutler to kind of take the pressure off of him, but they're going to put him in a position where he's going to beat Jay Cutler. He's going to believe too much in his arm, try to stick the ball into tight windows and tight spaces, and that plays right to the defense and what we love, tips and overthrows. And watching the game uh, against the Denver Broncos here on Monday night, you know, Melvin Ingram and Joy Bosa did a great job collapsing the pocket for Trevor Simeon. You know, Jay Cutler is a little more or slightly more athletic than Trevor Simeon, but they're coming after him. And we've seen in the past, when there's pressure on Jay Cutler, he's throwing it up. It now depends on which defender is going to come down with it. So, like I said, there's not a lot of separation in what he said, but there's some truth to it as well. Nick, give me a take on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is another game after having a good year last year. Sam Bradford completing 71.6% of his passes, which is tops of the league when it comes to a record uh, in his performance. Uh, but give me your take on what they were able to do in this last game against the Saints defense, playing really solid, something that we've had a chance to see them do over the past, what, year and a half or so until last year after the fifth game, you, you had North Turner leave and, of course, Coach Zimmer in his eye issues having to go to the doctor to uh, looking at this offense you have Dalvin Cook who's running like he's a wild man and then you've seen the receivers stealing and digs and and of course Sam Bradford playing well with the offensive line protecting him give me your take on uh, this Minnesota team is this a, a admiration a, aberration as what Brian said sometimes or is this something you're buying into with having a chance to compete to win this division well I'm going to go with uh, side with B. Webb on this one it's kind of an aberration because Sam Bradford in the past has looked great at the beginning of the season, and as the season started to you know wear on, you know the old Sam Bradford starts to you know rise to the surface. It's great having Dalvin Cook there. You don't have to do all the work. You don't have to put you know you know thirty plus passes on Sam Bradford to be you know perfect as he was you know last year as far as completing those dink and dunk type of passes. 
You know, Dalvin Cook is a home run player. You know, just like Leonard Fournette, it's a little different because the level of speed and the way he catches the ball out of the backfield. But, you know, no, there's not much to this Vikings uh, team. We have to see, you know, more from them. I mean, they they have a great test this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, your Steelers, who did not perform that well against the Cleveland Browns. So they definitely have something to prove, and they're at home. So uh, Pittsburgh has always played well at home, and watching you know, T.J. Uh, Watt play the way that he played last, last week, you're very optimistic as far as what this team can do. I know people are talking about Le'Veon Bell did not perform well. No one expected him to. I mean, he held out a camp, and then he came in nine days uh, from before the week one's game, and he wasn't the same Le'Veon Bell we saw at the end of 2016. But he has now have another week on his belt. This team is going to be geared up, and we're really going to see what this Minnesota Vikings team really can be. If that was an aberration, or now we need to now start changing the narrative and say, well, Mike Zimmer has his team, you know, trending upwards, and everyone in that division need to be put on notice. The other word, fellas, anomaly. Apparently I'm saying aberration too much, so we'll call it an anomaly on a big word Friday. Nick, we appreciate the information. Looking forward to another big Sunday on NFL First and Goal. As we say goodbye, so I take notes throughout these conversations, I like that you quoted Bill Parcells. How come you didn't go with Fab Five Freddy from Yo! MTV Raps? What was with all the hip-hop illusions throughout Nick's picks on First and Goal? Hey, you know, we try to bring something uh, new and flashy and kind of keep the millennials engaged. But this week I have something in store that I know Uh-oh. that you would definitely appreciate it. So tune in to First and Gold this Sunday to see what that's going to be. Wow, that is a tease. Can you give me a hint? What genre are you going to choose? Oh, you, hey, hey, listen. He says he's hey, not as suburban as he sounds. Yeah, so go ahead. Hey. Get him with the good stuff, Nick. No, 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 no. The thing is, you if you want to know, the listeners – have the tune in. There you go. We shall find out on Sunday. Upgrade the tune in premium. Here's a preview. The freaks come out at night, Nick. Give me oh, a little Houdini, right. See, right? See that right there? That'll get both of you guys fired. <laughs> Keep on. <laughs> Keep on. Thank Keep you, on. Nick. Yeah, let's hang on to our job, and I'll see you Sunday. Right, Thank you, Nick. Sunday. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown! The National Football League is on. Tune in.